Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and we have our first interview of the podcast. And to help me break it down, we got uh, Vesti. What's good, Vesti? Hey, uh, I got my pen and paper right here, and I'm ready to go to school to learn how to bet good and do other things. You want to learn how to bet good? Well, uh, luckily, we that? have the person in store to do that. Our guest on uh, for the first ever episode, the first ever interview, we got Mr. Tim Lawson of the of the Better Life, and as probably how a lot of you people are going to know him, uh, the Bet the USL Twitter uh, Twitter account. Tim, what's good, man? Uh, I am so excited to be here. I don't get to talk USL with people very often, especially from a betting perspective. So uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm on lucky number seven, which I think feel like is very appropriate. Uh, seven is usually a staple for me at the roulette table. So. Uh, I think uh, I think this is all good things going into we're, we're less than 48 hours away from the first game kicking off. How exciting is that? It's uh, it's immensely exciting. Uh, it's also exciting that we had lines come out fairly early compared to previous years. Uh, I first saw them. What? Maybe I think Monday they came Monday on Monday morning. morning. And then typically, I mean, previous years, you begin them you know, 48 hours before two and a half days before. But to get them like five full days in advance. That was nice. Yep. Wednesdays used to feel early. The only thing, though, is we, you know, we, so we got the three-way money lines, uh, but we haven't seen other markets really open up, and that's where I'm getting kind of uh, a little annoyed. I was hoping to have uh, other bets in, but we can get in that later. Sure. Yes. But, Tim, this interview has to start where all of your interviews normally start, <laughs> and that is to ask if you go back to the deep recesses of your mind and what it was your first exposure to USL. So, uh, my first, I, I'm still rel- I'm still relatively new to the USL. Uh, I, I was first introduced to USL in the abbreviated season of 2020 as, uh, like most people I was, lo- or like most betters, I was looking for things to bet on. And then, uh, I was, I'd got, I was a good, I was really into soccer betting. And as I was exploring new markets and new, uh, new leagues, I came across the USL. I'd never heard of it. So I started, uh, started paying attention to it. It was one of the few leagues that was, uh, that was, you know, going underway and that there was good data and stuff to analyze. And also they happened to show the, sh- they have to show the games on ESPN plus, which I was a uh, subscriber to. So it, everything works out. And I started re I realized really quickly that, uh, these lines are really soft that like it was, it was so, it was evident very fast that it was easy to, uh, to bet into the USL. So I came into the USL as a better, I can tell you right now, I've been anticipating this season, which will be my third season and, uh, paying attention to the USL as a fan. I like betting it still, it's still, it's still like the, the, the lead part of how I enjoy this, but I have games on that I will have games on that I don't have money on. I will, uh, I am admittedly a bit of a Hounds fan for uh, a number of different, different reasons. Uh, that's not just because of the podcast I'm on right now, but I have grown to actually appreciate the Hounds uh, as an organization and uh, Loudoun United, my local club is just disappointing in all facets of life. So I sort of refuse to, to get on, uh, get on board with them, but the USL, there's just something about lower league soccer that I enjoy already across like not only not only in the united states i enjoy league de more than league uh, i enjoy uh segunda liga more than la liga 
uh i almost enjoy bundesliga 2 more than bundesliga right like it's there's something about that lower league grit right of uh, of these players and a little bit more of the um almost unpredictability of of what's going to happen that i uh that i really enjoy so uh that was uh this is my third season in the usl uh, and uh it's I, I was looking forward to it like i've looked forward to any other sport that i've that i've been a fan of well, that is quite the quite the intro. I I like it. I'm glad, uh, especially finding it mid uh, mid pandemic or early pandemic, I should say, yeah. is kind of interesting because the 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 real glory days of USL back uh, early well you know middle 2000s early 2010s was kind of like the real golden year of of just madness. And I think I mentioned to you this uh, on a, a previous phone call or one like that. But the good days when all the all the games were on on YouTube. And everyone's watching and then half the people in the comments were like Eastern Europeans just trying to bet on the game because it was the only thing on it, whatever time it was over there. And it, it, really good times, really, really good times. But before we get into the kind of the details and some of the things you've already brought up there, let's take it back uh, to the 101 class. Yes. How would you explain to someone just getting into betting or specifically betting soccer? What would be like your primer to, to what they should be looking for and what what everything means on the board? How do you explain that to people? Yeah, so the three things that most betters new to soccer don't understand, uh, your listeners will at least understand one of them because they're actually fans of the sport first. Uh, the, the, the one thing that always chips up most people is that the home team is listed first, and that's something that people who are new to soccer – like it, it, it'll it, i've even had bookmakers mess that up when they tell me like who's the favorite like oh the home team's favorite and i'm like that's not the home team um and so uh but your your audience of course already ahead of the curve on that um all all bets uh made for the game are regulation only right so the 90 minutes of regulation time so if you uh in a tournament in a tournament tournament situation if the game goes an extra time your bet has already been resolved. Once the regulation time's over, then your bet has been resolved. There's additional bets that you can make uh, that go into extra time and penalties uh, if needed. And then the third thing that trips people up, especially when you're looking at what's called the Asian handicap, uh, and it's just it's called that because it, it was made popular in Asia. Um, it is it is a uh, split between. Uh, different uh, options or opportunities in the goal. So if you were to have, let's say, uh, Pittsburgh uh, plus a half a goal, right? If they were to draw or win, that'd be a a win for them. If they lost by a goal or more, that'd be a a loss. An Asian handicap might even be listed then as as zero comma, 0.5, 0.5, meaning that half of your bet is on what's called the pick'em or a draw, and half your bet is on the the plus five. And if it landed on a draw, half your bet would push because uh, um, uh, that that was half of it, and the other half of your bet would win because it was on the plus five. That part one, um, it's that's as much as I'm going to try to explain next. Like it, it would, could, uh, if if you're confused already and your head spinning, like wait, that doesn't make any sense just Google Asian lines and reading it and seeing it is much easier than hearing someone try to explain it. So uh, I think one, not necessarily line related, but um, kind of a high level question uh, that 
is going to, I think, you know, play into later discussions. What's your preferred style? American fractional decimal. Yeah. So, uh, and what he's referring to are there's three ways glo- international globally that uh, that lines can be listed. American, if you've seen it, is usually minus three numbers or plus three numbers. So plus 105, meaning if you wager $100, you would win $105. Minus 105 being if you wagered $105, you would win $100. Decimal uh, is um, is not too far off. If you see, uh, it's uh, it's like 2.20. If you bet uh, if you bet a dollar, you're going to get two, uh, 220 back, including your original bet. So if you want to know how much you would win in a decimal, uh, you would just subtract one. And then that's how much, how much you would get back off per unit. And then fractional is exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's the, is, it's the actual odds being applied to answer your question. I prefer American. I'm starting to appreciate decimal a lot more. I can do the math in my head a lot faster than I used to, used to be able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all three or Dan, you're definitely American, right? And that's why I'm used yeah, to it. Yeah, I usually keep a lot of my apps in the American uh, folder, but then there's some when I'm using some other uh, Excel spreadsheets to do some some quick math. I have to sometimes convert over to decimal to uh, to make it work on my spreadsheets. But for the most part, when I'm discussing or looking up, I'm I'm working off the American plus minus system. Now, I think the other thing, the other kind of concept we might want to get into before we, we go down this rabbit hole a little bit further, and that's the idea of, of implied odds as compared to uh, the line you're seeing on your screen, on your, on your phone, at the sports book. How do you interpret, how do you describe implied odds as it relates to uh, the odds you're getting on your, on your wager? Yeah. So this is a this is a great question. This is actually what determines value necessarily uh, in a wager, at least a money line wager. Money line being um, you know plus you know plus three fifty minus two fifty, whatever it may be uh, for for a bet to win. Every every line has implied odds, right? So even money would be an implied odds of fifty percent, right? F- literally flipping a coin. Um, and I'm not going to get into, you just have to trust me on the math here. You can, you, there's charts that can help you with this, you, whatever, but like minus 150 is a 60% implied probability. So, um, you know, if you see, you know, team a minus 150, the, the, the book is telling you that the implied, the, well, the implied probability on that line is that they're going to win 60% of, or they have a 60% chance to win the match. Um, and then I'm not going to go into like the, what the big range is, but that's, um, you know, minus something on a money line is, is, uh, you know, is a, a larger probability plus something on the line is a shorter probability. And it all starts at plus 100 or even money, which is literally a coin flip at 50% implied probability. Um, like I said, you can, you can just Google, uh, money line implied probability, and you can find charts that'll be really close to what the lines mean. Um, I mean, look, if we just give a, here's a great example. Uh, what is Detroit city? Detroit city is uh, plus seven fifty currently at Barstool sports. It's an implied probability of about a, a little over 11 and a half percent. So uh, I like, I'm going to bet Detroit city this week um, because I can actually, I've actually found them at, uh, at a number North of that. Uh, so the implied probability of 11% tells me if they can win one out of 10 times, 
uh, this is a this is a bet that I would want to make, right? Like if they if you just gave me this scenario over and over and over and over again, I just have to Detroit City just has to win one in every ten times. And with the uncertainty of how San Antonio's uh, going to co- uh, 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 perform this this season, the complete uncertainty of what Detroit City is going to be this season, uh, I will take the one in ten chance that they're going to uh, the Detroit City can prevail. And this is where the value in USL comes. And uh, this stuff is fun as a fan, right? I'm as a fan, I'm interested to see what Detroit City does. As a better, I will. I'm also interested to see what Detroit City is going to do because the the volatility uh, and the variance that comes with these lower leagues uh, is tremendous. And I know, and I don't know, I don't know if I'm segueing into this at the right time uh, or if there's more you wanted to get into. But I think it uh, going from the conversation of implied probability to sort of why why betting in the USL and other smaller leagues work. I mean, I remember last year, Oakland was Oakland was having a fantastic run and Phoenix was kind of in poor form and Oakland was like eight and a half to one on an, on, as an underdog and they won outright. And I remember looking, I remember thinking, uh, and I had money on that Think good. And, uh, and I was like, think about it very probably my probably most notably i got las vegas lights at nine to one against la galaxy two in the first month of the season last year that's probably the bit that's the biggest money line cash i've had in the usl before very few teams should be that big a favorite against other teams in this league like there's there's definitely disparity in talent for sure but when you think about the smaller sample size that is one season when you think about the complexity of a life of a uh, of a of a professional at that level, uh, some of them have to have side hustles, right? Because the, uh, a salary isn't like life is. It's closer to our normal life than it is a professional athlete that we're tip- that we're used to seeing in other top flights. Very few teams should be that big a favorite against other other uh, other teams. And so, when really in any game, and, and we all know this about soccer. All it takes is for the underdog to score to score the the leading goal to shift the dynamic of the game entirely, right? They can they can park the bus, they can take advantage of frustrated players, they can do it. So uh, the opportunity that any any given soccer team is, in this league has to upset a big favorites is a lot be- traditionally a lot better or typically a lot better than the lines often often dictate. Yeah, you actually did a really nice job just segueing right into the next the next paragraph of the uh, of the rundown here, and I definitely agree with what you're saying here. The, the smaller the league, the more volatility in the individual players for reasons you just described. Are there other reasons why you think these lines sometimes get soft outside? I mean, is, is it a lack of data? Is it a lack of of resources by the bookmaker to accurately, you know, uh, take the time and energy to price these lines. What the, what else contributes to a lot of these opportunities that we're getting so uh, week in, week out? It, really, it depends on how the book is creating their lines. A lot of times there, a lot of, a lot of books are getting uh, lines fed to them from other, from other companies or parties that are creating these lines and they're just feeding into them. They're, 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 they're paying to have that done. Some books have their own people managing these lines. And when I say these lines, I mean like betting lines across all markets. 
there's no way they're going to pump resources into the USL championship, right? They can barely manage, like, you know, like I could, Liga lines are, are ripe, right? Like you can find a lot of opportunity there. And if they can't, if they can't properly manage a top flight line, right? Keeping those lines sharp, there's no way they're going to have enough resources to keep USL, which is where limiting comes, right? So like, it, you know, a lot of these books aren't taking big bets on these. You can't go in and, and probably, uh, I, I haven't found a book yet that'll take, um, I mean, I'm not trying to signal how much I bet, but uh, I, uh, I have been limited at a number of places or at least have not been able to get uh, decent money down early because they don't, they know their lines are softer. So they don't have the resources to maintain, to open and maintain good lines. The data, like they have decent data, but they go more like it's the USL is very, is like any other league is, is driven by uh, recency bias about rep, about team reputation, which is why at the be, uh look, Loudon ended up sliding in the way that they did for a while, but Loudon was a one goal. was like, they kept so many games within one goal uh, last, uh, last season that, taking Loudon at plus one and a half goal line was like a cash cow for the first half of the season because they had, um, they had the best, uh, not the, they, they had one of the better expected goal uh, um, uh, stats in, in the league. And it showed that they were able to keep games close. So yes, it, it's the, these lines are ripe because there's the books don't have enough resources to open and maintain good lines. And there's enough data or even just know how as someone who watches these to know that a team can be more competitive than the line is, is applying. Yeah. I think, um, two examples of, um, you know, like, like recency bias or really just look focusing on the stats as opposed to somebody actually watching the game or, or knowing the league, um, a couple of years ago, uh, or I guess the first COVID year. So 2020, um, us in Hartford were in a division with three other two teams and it was just us in Hartford beating up on those teams. But uh, when Hartford played us, they didn't look, you know, particularly scary at all. So when playoffs comes around, like they, the lines for Hartford were so favored towards them, but you know, you look at, if you actually pay attention to the league, you know, they didn't really beat anybody. Uh, And then they got bounced in the first round um, against St. Louis, who was in a much stronger division. And, you know, there was a a pretty good line on them um, to go through. And then last year um, in the championship game of all things, like OC was so underrated for whatever reason, I guess just because Tampa had, you know, more points in the season or something like that, you know, so clearly nobody's really paying attention to the, the, the West and seeing that, hey, OC is actually a good team. They shouldn't be such big underdogs. Uh, yes, I, I mean, Dan knows I exchanged plenty of messages with him th- th- that week leading up to the final, just befuddled at why, OC was a five to one underdog. I was like, yeah, clearly, clearly Tampa's the favorite. No one's arguing that, right? We, we all yeah. we all expected Tampa to win. But again, going to making a bet based on value, right? I was watching that as a fan, and as a better, I was like, well, I'll take a little piece of Orange County because you play this. 10 times I think OC wins twice <laughs> right like I, I think they could probably win twice you play this a thousand times they probably win 200 times right look at that if you even got a larger sample size they play if they play that game a thousand times Orange County probably wins about two uh, uh 200 games uh for the reasons why they won and yeah it's 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 beautiful <laughs> 
<laughs> it's you know i had someone um uh someone who i respect in uh in usl betting you know when the lines open he messaged me he was a little disappointed he, th- he said he was a little disappointed that the lines looked looked close to where they probably should be and um and i kind of i agree with him for the most part i think the lines are pretty accurate on a three-way three-way money lines by the way three-way money line for people who are uh not familiar that is a that is a line on the home team the away team and then the draw and uh you you can you can bet on all three results and it's a 90 minute uh regulation uh wager but i think where the value is are in these like i said in 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 some of these games where talking about this week specifically is where these there's long lines in games where I'm not sure it warrants, um, and it really it really only applies to. I mean, I think Detroit City is the the, the glare, the obvious one. I don't think Monterey Bay is, is going to put up a fight really against Phoenix, uh, LA Galaxy. I think Judd Judd, uh, uh, Preston Judd is that right? Um, he might be able to, to sneak one on San Diego uh, and make that interesting. Las Vegas Lights probably not doing much against New Mexico. Um, but there is, but where, where this gets going back to the, the books don't have enough resources to really keep these lines accurate. Yeah. These lines, the money lines where they where it's just, where it's reflecting a implied probability of win rates. Yeah. That's probably the more this happens, the more, the more data the books have on these teams and stuff that should, that should start getting a little better. But when, when you can start betting team total game total, both teams to score first half, um you know a number of these different markets that's where you're definitely going to find an opportunity and um yeah and that's where that those those are the markets where uh you're going to be able to uh take advantage of even if these money lines are um accurate going back to the uh last season's you know usl championship championship yeah me and you we were exchanging a lot of of texts or dms that week and I, I think we just kept going back and forth going, you know, it, what is this line doing? How is it not moving? All the things. Me and, and Vesti sat down at a, at, a, at a bar to watch it. We had a third buddy come over. And it was the first time he had ever, I think, his first ever sports bet, I believe. And right, I think basically that, yeah. just, yeah, just basically tailed, tailed what we were doing because the line, all we just kept saying all week was, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. This line's too good. So at least uh, our, our other buddy uh, had a very successful first foray into sports betting on an app. Now, the other part of that, that game, and I think another thing that we that doesn't get baked into the lines that well are injuries. And anyone who's followed the USL, follows anything on, on social media, we all saw video of Evan Loro after they won the East final celebrating and then jumping up and up in, in the air, landing awkwardly on his leg, grabbing his leg. And, and there's your USL goalkeeper of the year. The last you see him a uh, week before the final, he's clutching his leg on the ground. And <laughs> so you're telling me, even if you don't know if he, cause they didn't say a word all week, you find out an hour before the championship game, he's not on the bench. He's not on the 11 and they're starting a guy who played like 25 minutes or something like that. And if, if anyone would, you could not get away with that in the prime or any, any big league of start starting goalkeeper out for a, for a title game. And then next thing you know, yeah. OC is a plus five fifty going against a, a keeper with no experience. 
and, and the keeper who made some mistakes what, what too. the first goal is. Yeah. Yep. And there's and uh, I don't want to take anything away from the players in the USL. There's a reason why I'm a fan. I like I like watching everybody play, but there's very few uh, on for so so both sides of that point. One, when you know that someone significant is either likely out or is impaired in some way, yeah, that's good. That's good to know. And uh, a you know a you know the Forest Lassos of the world, the Cameron Lancasters, right? These names where it's like clearly the the team really depends on like this key this key cog to be present and performing well. But there's maybe like 20 players in the league where that's the case, right? Like like you could probably um, and. The other side of it, though, is when news does come out about someone who maybe is known because they're an institution, but they don't maybe actually have a huge impact on the dynamic of the team. Uh, you can often catch, um, you know, imagine if that imagine if that news had gotten out and, uh, you know, Tampa Bay had, I don't know, become like a minus 130 favorite or something like that. Right. I, I would have snagged Tampa Bay, right? I, I would have I would have taken a losing bet, thinking like, oh, I don't I don't know if the goalkeeper is necessarily worth like that sort of uh, adjustment. So, uh, injury injury news or lack of injury news can definitely be uh, important, depending on your perspective on what that means to the line and how the market adjusts or doesn't adjust uh, for that. How often do you think there are soft lines in this in this league? Is it weekly? Every couple of weeks, how, I mean, how often do you do you, do you find I think, what you sincerely think is a soft line? I think um, so. I think that there's. I think. Uh, I think when I'm when I'm thinking about a soft line, uh, especially on the win probability, the like money lines and stuff. I think there's always one game a week where it's like that's way off. Like that don't that's uh, that should that shouldn't be. Um, you know, wrong teams favored, or it's too uh, the the disparity between favorite and dog is too big, um, or you know the favorites too short. Um, by the way, I'm still mad that I get, didn't get to bet uh, the Riverhounds to play Birmingham in the playoffs. But the <laughs> um, but when when it comes to other markets, I mean, I usually have three or four total bets every week. I usually have a couple of both teams to score bets every week uh, because it, the the league really does. For a, the, the league really does underestimate how, like, when I say the league, I mean like the markets that are that are being made for the league really underestimate the competitiveness in some of these bottom half of the table teams. And so when you get a oh, who's a good example? Um, RGV this year, I think, is going to be like a great example of this, where their their stat line and their results are probably going to make it look like they don't put up much of a fight, but they're probably going to be more competitive than the lines are going to give them once the season starts and shakes out. They're a little overvalued right now, but I think uh, give it a month, month and a half, I think RGV becomes uh, one of these sort of average teams that maybe gets overlooked by the market uh, and becomes uh, an opportune uh, opportune team. Uh, LA Galaxy reserves, I think is going to be another one where I don't, I don't expect them to win any games, but I expect them to score goals. Right. So I think, uh, when you look at it that way, you can get opportunities on, uh, you know, there might be a low total if they're playing someone like Pittsburgh, who is known for good defense and whatnot. But, you know, um, if I think LA Galaxy is good for a goal, there's both teams to score. There's, you know, taking the over on a total. So to answer your question on how often there's soft lines, 
um, at least once a week on the uh, on the money lines. And then in each market, there's usually a couple that uh, are easy, easy bets. So without maybe giving away the secret sauce too much, what um, what what data are you looking at? You know, what resources are you, are you going through to, to get your information? And then what is your week entail in terms of how you're going to, to bet these lines? Are, are you researching the games before the line comes out so you can then you know, react to the, the initial line? Or do you see the line come out and then go, that doesn't look right, and now you do the research to either validate or, um, or to prove that the, the line is actually fairly good? What, what's, what's your process to make this work? In an ideal world, I have evaluated the, the uh, games already. Uh, before the lines come out. Um, I am a human being like everybody else and I have a day job and I have a family and I have things that, uh, so sometimes lines do make their way out before I've had an opportunity to even like really think about the matches, especially when you start getting into mid game stuff right? or midweek stuff, right? Uh, Monday comes around, I was already lines out for the, for, uh, for Wednesday. And I'm still, fig- I'm still analyzing what happened on Saturday and Sunday. So um, it's, uh, you know, I prefer to have that done ahead of time. As far as what I use to evaluate a game, um, of course, I use my own. I use form. I think form is very important in soccer. I think it's actually one of the more undervalued things uh, when when uh, when assessing a betting line. Uh, I use data from a site called Footy Stats. Um, is where I get most of my data. Um, I pay for their. I think I pay like twenty dollars a month for like their premium. Whatever their like most accessible uh um membership is it's worth it to make like i said i i bet you know 20 plus leagues across soccer and it's a very sort of one-stop shop on everything um you know it doesn't it my i look at expected goals expected goals against i look at form uh i look at first half and second half uh differences i definitely look at um sort of average goals per game like in in a game not for just for the team but how many goals are are their game seeing both in the season and in their last six uh you know are they are they trending one way or the other uh and and then i use the eye tests too right this is where this is where being a fan matters right so and this is where usl is why i enjoy it so much and why i find it to be a fun betting vehicle as well is I can't watch every, I can watch very few games in France Ligue 2, right? There's, I can, I very, so I have to like go on data alone and it usually means less plays, but you know, opening line comes out. You tell me that I can get over two and a half with Colorado and another team. Like, of course there's going to be three goals in that game, right? Like, like it's, you know, it, there's just like watching the NFL, right? If you, if you saw a line come out and you, you could instantly be like, that's, that's too many points. Like without even thinking about it, that line's off. Um, and so with paying attention the same way that a fan would and paying attention, um, the way that a better would, uh, with just a little bit of preparation, I can usually start firing on stuff the second that the lines come out. So you mentioned, uh, you're, they're looking at all these different stats. Uh, do you find yourself kind of gravitating towards, uh, certain lines? Like are you more of a money line or like over under or, um, or do you have like a favorite or, or what have you? I made my... I cut my teeth on the USL max betting huge uh, money line dogs when it was off, and I got fortunate that uh, that it w- w- that I had good variants that worked for me, and um, 
when I say max bet, not max betting on like what how much the book would take. Max is in like what my max bet would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, because you know, in you know, I was it was winning at a rate just ahead of the implied probability for all of those lines. Now, uh, two years later, um, I've I bet. <laughs> I bet about a dozen markets and about 20 plus leagues across soccer. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I have, you know, in, in league, Deux, I like betting team totals in, um, uh, in MLS, man. I love betting uh, uh, game totals. Uh, I like betting first halves in Belgium's Juleper league, right? There's like, like there's every, every league typically has like a market that, that I sort of gravitate a little bit more based on how well I understand it. With the USL, I really like both teams to score markets, uh, but those sometimes those catch up with you. Uh, I really like game totals. Last year was a big, big season for game totals for me. Uh, they just, I, they, they either were hung too high or too low. It was really, it, I found it too easy to take the over or the under, um, and uh, yeah, it, it was so easy. Again, going back to, I don't have to look at much, right? Like they hang, you know, they hang something at like three and it's new mexico and pittsburgh and it, i mean i know that i don't know if that game happened but like to give you an example of like two good defenses like that's not going that might not get the three right um uh so i am anticipating totals to be another uh another one this year dan knows that i experimented with first half money lines a lot this uh this european season and while it was sort of meh results uh i definitely learned enough that I, i'm gonna try to bring that into usl this year well pittsburgh new mexico is happening this year so we'll keep on the eye on the over under for that one that should be i mean it should be two and a half i'm telling you right now like unless unless there's something unless dane kelly proves to uh that he can that you know that that that, that the pittsburgh offense is going to be a little more potent than it was uh last year i think a new york i think a new mexico defense should be able to do just fine that, I'm telling you right now that line should be two and a half, and if it's any higher, I'll take the under. <laughs> so you 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 mentioned a couple things there. What so what about first half lines? What what about those appeal to you? What do you think was the edge there? And is that something that could get transferred to USL or like you know a yeah. like that? Or what yeah. um, is there just more stability because you're not worried about substitutions at that point? Is that the you're getting it you're getting more predictable. Right. Well, pretty much. Yeah. So you're, you're at in the first 45 minutes, you're getting both teams best performances, or at least they're, you're getting the, you're getting the, the front of their energy. You're getting, um, you're getting their starters. You're, you know, there's it, it's, and it's 45 minutes and the, the across the globe, the average total for a soccer match is two and a half. That's why you see that number as a total on most markets, right? Cause that's just sort of what the average soccer match at a professional level sort of comes to. And it's presumed to be one goal in the first half and then one to two goals in a second half is sort of how that math works out when you look at when you look at all leagues across the globe at a professional level. So if you're if you're anticipating one goal in the first half and you have two teams that are that you have you have their starters, you have them trying to execute their game plan early, they're like any like this is where Detroit's this I'm definitely going to take Detroit city in the first half here. New San Antonio has never played them, right? There's no, there's no, you know, how much do they really, how much familiarity do they really Detroit city could sneak in an early one in the 12th minute 
And then, uh, you know, I don't need Detroit. I wouldn't need Detroit City to go the rest of the, the next 78 minutes. I just need them to make it to halftime with that result, right? So you can benefit from the, the volatility of goal scoring in the first half with these huge underdogs simply because because the first half just becomes it becomes it looks a lot like a full game it's adjusted a little bit because it is it is only 45 minutes versus 90 uh and you can take advantage of uh of, of competitive teams that are long odds simply because they're considered uh the lesser team because there's team there's in uh there's teams that i would bet in the first half that i wouldn't even think about taking um in a full game because uh you know look at monterey bay and phoenix that's a great that's a great example there monterey bay could sneak one in you don't know right but give me 90 minutes and phoenix is absolutely gonna blow is gonna win that game right like there's i have no doubt about that but would it be weird to see one of these big dogs like lead a half not really because that's how soccer goes and so um yeah try to um try to take advantage of that try to capture lightning in a bottle uh so to speak in the first half markets do you ever touch any of the uh, kind of the more the either exotic lines, Chase? Are you, are you do you ever look at, at defensive plays or or how teams set up in terms of the you know the corner kick line or anything like that or the uh, the cards line or anything like that? Do you, is that never even, never nope. cards line. I can't. I don't think cards is predictive. And like like well, I should well, okay. I shouldn't say that cards are per you have to get really nuanced like you really have to understand referees you have to understand the their behavior you have you really have to know the league at a player level to know like you know i i think that it takes a lot more thinking and it's i think it's less predictable corners though i think corners are more predictable um so you know you, you talked a lot about all the research you do before games what's your opinion on live odds or live bets because uh, let's say in the stands when you're watching a game and a few beers drink deep and you're a little passionate, like surely they can't, you know, lose this and oh boy, they do. Uh, I mean, today, I mean, look, today is the, we're recording on Thursday. I had Chelsea minus one and a half goals and they scored two in the first like 15 minutes. And I was like, holy smokes, they could blow Norwich out of the water. Uh, I took them live at minus two and a half. And that, of course, that didn't get there. Uh, so it's, Betting live is um, it's 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 an art in the same way that betting pre pregame is art, a uh, bit of an art. But it, there's a lot of opportunity. I mean, take I mean, look, I mean, t- take the example I gave of of uh, you know Monterey Bay sneaking one by Phoenix and have in in maybe the 27th minute or something like that. The lines are gonna they're not the lines are gonna adjust too much because the the you know because Phoenix was such a heavy favorite ahead of time the market's going to recognize that Phoenix should still be able to win, but now you're getting a Phoenix in a much more affordable price with the assumption they're going to come back and win. Now, will they always do that? No, I got burned by Phoenix a couple times last year. Um, I, you know, that's what happens in, uh, in live betting, but my favorite. So to answer your question, I love live betting and soccer. <laughs> my favorite way to apply it is either a good defensive game where, uh, a goal happened to get scored early. It's good. It's easy to get a good uh, a, a good number on the under uh, immediately after that. And then when an underdog scores early, uh, being able to take the other side, taking the just taking the more quality side when they're down one nil uh, or even down two nil. I mean, I've taken you know uh, taken you know quality sides when they're down two nil, knowing that you know 
again, first half has a lot of volatility. Things can get a little weird. When you get into the second half, that's when that's when managers start mattering, right? Decision making, and then of course just the quality of either side. So, uh, yes. Live betting, a lot of opportunity. I do not recommend it while you're in the stands after you've had a few drinks. So, <laughs> not to say that I haven't done that. I just know how that that can turn out, especially when you've been cheering cheering for one side the whole time. You're like, there's no way the side I had been cheering in doesn't win this game. <laughs> yeah, this time it's going to work, right? Yeah, right. So we were talking before. USL is not the only American league that you you dabbled into mentioned a little bit of the NWSL before and you said you had a good story about it. Let's uh, what, what for the first and only time in, a, in a, any podcast history, give us your NWSL betting story. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told this story before on the better life, but uh, it, it is. So I'm a, I was a big, I was a fan of NWSL before I was a fan of any other uh, American soccer league. Um, I covered the Washington spirit independently for a few years of my life i'd i'd gone to their matches i was at their final where they where they lost a heartbreak and penalties to uh north carolina uh i went to edinburgh with my wife back in 2017 i think it was and i wanted to bet on the nwsl uh because i was wanted to see if i could and i remember going to i don't know patty brooks or whatever (laughs) whatever those those little like uh those little side street books that they have there and uh, and i i saw a line or i couldn't find a line and i asked them if they could get me a line on on the matches for the day and they start making phone calls and I'm like <laughs> what and she and finally she's like okay and she gives me the lines and i'm like oh okay i'll i want to bet this this and this and she just writes it down and then like photocopies it and gives me and like that was my ticket and it was so casual and so like 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 okay here's your and i was like i walked out of there thinking did i just get scammed <laughs> like is that a re- no but seriously two of them won i went it i i made three bets they were all on the same ticket i went i went in the next day i cashed my bet no problem it was nothing it was it's just such a stark difference from what we're used to now with apps and kiosks and all this sort of stuff I walked in and I asked for lines. They made phone calls finding lines. Like they found me the line to bet. If I walk into, if I go to a book in Vegas and I'm like, "Hey, can I get a USL line?" They're gonna be like, "No, we're not taking. We don't want." Like it's like if they, if they either have the line or they don't. Over in the UK, they find they you know a lot of these shops will find you a line. They want to take your bet. I was at the Sahara last uh, last fall. You could find USL on the kiosk. You went to the window. And like, no, we, we can't do that. Yeah. Amazing. It is, it is my, uh, one of my goals as a better is to try to place a max bet, uh, like a dime or larger on a USL side at, uh, at a counter. I was able to bet the USL at, um, uh, where was I? Uh, Isle Bettendorf. So it must've been a Caesars app or Caesars book. But they took they took a bet on a USL. I get I went to the kiosk to make sure they like it was in their system and they were able to find it when I went to the counter. Um I bet Hartford and it lost, and it was the last time I bet Hartford, but um Hartford the frauds. Hartford are frauds. Um to the so worst. <laughs> when um when the, the, the book started coming online in the US here, uh it was hard to find USL for a while. Like maybe one would have them, but the other three or four wouldn't. But it seemed like last year, almost all of them do now. Uh, I can't imagine 
they all are sourcing from different places. So I have to imagine like maybe there's one or two. Do you um, shop around much? Do you find much differences between books? Uh, is there one in particular you think tends to have good lines for USO? Um, if you're so- uh, if you're if you're betting with a legal operator, I think DraftKings typically has the be- best odds, or at least I have I have made plenty of bets at DraftKings with the USL. Um, if you're betting offshore, Bookmaker has the best odds. I've I've noticed. Um, if you have a guy in the back of a laundromat <laughs> <laughs> who's taking your bets, or the guy at the exotic pet store. Um, that account probably isn't going to have USL. And if it does, it probably isn't the best lines. So with last year, late last year, they, they partnered with twin as their official sports books for the, uh, uh, the league. Um, I don't predict, I have a lot of experience with twin Spire. I log in once a year to do my derby picks and that's about it. Um, but it, I, I don't even know if you would have the answer to this, but do you think that's going to potentially affect any lines? Like, are they going to be, tougher lines at twin spire versus like dk or um like uh, i so they yeah yeah so it's a good question i was excited that they partnered with them um thinking maybe there's gonna be more markets right i thought maybe they were gonna get more into this they didn't they didn't have the best lines they didn't even have futures odds for the for the for the playoffs until like like a few days before i was really i was actually kind of disappointed with that whole twin spires uh thing leading into that because it was a big deal right because it was they were the, the official sportsbook sponsor for the playoffs and then it took them a while to get futures odds up there i don't even know if they did they i think they ended up ended up getting up there the, pro- the, 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 the cool thing was they were the only ones that had uh, that I could find anyways that had a uh, futures market for uh, for them. Do I think it's going to fa- impact odds? No. One, Twin Spires is actually getting out of the market. Uh, they are, uh, I think, before the end of the year, they will not be offering sports betting online. Uh, they'll still have brick and mortar or or um, or was it the other way around? Are they getting rid of the brick and mortar. Anyways, they're getting out of the market in some way. They're they're definitely drawing down how involved they are. But I don't to to your point. I don't know if they're gonna have. I don't anticipate them being really all that different. Maybe they're taking more action because people this market's probably less likely to go shop otherwise. So maybe they're taking in a little bit more money. But uh, every shop is going to. You should always shop lines. Always uh, if if you. If you know if you know four books that are that have USL lines, you should shop all four before making a bet. Um, and I think that there's not going to be enough action at one or the other to uh, for like one book to consistently be better or worse. I think uh, it'll all sort of like you said they they're probably getting their they're not probably not, they're, I guess they're not going to get enough action to individually move their line and the market as a whole is probably going to get balanced action enough where you're going to see lines move sort of everywhere. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It does you make know. sense. Bookmaker is the only place. I mean, I've moved line of lines of bookmaker before. That's the only one that I've noticed that moves like with bets. That's early. That's like opening line stuff. There was one line. I can't remember what, what game it was. I bet it like 10 times in a row. <laughs> I, I was like bet. Like a, they limited me to a certain amount, and I was like, "Bet!" And they moved the line three cents, and I bet it again. They moved the line three cents, and I bet it again. They moved the line three cents, and we did that for about ten bets in a row until it was about where I thought it should be. <laughs> did it cash? It cashed. Yeah. 
Nice. All, yeah. All, all, uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All, nice. all ten bets to cash. All yeah. three cents. <laughs> and, and then you got an email from a uh, from, from a supervisor. No, that was around it. So it used to, and this is this is how you know. Look, uh, it's not fun being limited. There's there's uh, sports betters have this like they romanticize this like oh if I was only so successful that I could like I would have to deal with this problem of being limited. It's a it's annoying. Uh, it is it is more annoying than the sort of validation is worth. I at the same book I used to get down with no problem. They wouldn't they wouldn't move the line. And then they started moving the line and then openers started having smaller limits than, than day before where it's really going back to your, uh, another, another, uh, sort of item in the pro column on live betting, live betting will often have larger limits, uh, at a lot of these bets, uh, because usually because the juice is a little more spread, so they don't feel as vulnerable. Uh, and because of that, you can often, you can usually, uh, you can get down more money on, on a side you would have bet pregame anyways. So uh, you mentioned before you're becoming a bit of a, of a Hounds fan, and you said you want to make your, your case for why the Hounds uh, yes could could be successful, could could finally build that trophy cabinet up uh, up next to the pub uh, at Highmark Stadium. So make your case. Why why will the Hounds have success in 2022? Okay, um, okay. Let me <laughs> let me gather my thoughts here. Uh, let's look let's look at the East. Okay. You have the Rowdies who, who knows how good the Rowdies are really going to be missing two key, like key players in that organization. Right. And coming off of kind of a heartbreaking season, right. They all, but they all, but thought that the trophy was already theirs going into that game. The fans certainly did anyways. Uh, And not only did they not get it, but they lose uh, Lasso and their goalkeeper and, um, who knows what Tampa, they'll still be a top team for sure, but who knows if they run away with the East like they did in their division last year. Lou City has Lancaster out for it. I think that might be, I think they're playing it a little easy. That might be a season long injury because it's, a, it sounded like it was a no contact injury and it's in his leg. And that is not, not good. Um, uh, Birmingham. Yo, Birmingham has a part of their season where they play five road games in a row. And that is a part of a uh, set. And then in that same stretch, they play seven out of eight games on the road. And five of those are in a row. They did not get any favor schedule wise, especially sort of uh, in the spring. I think it's like late spring, early summer where like things are, you know, people, uh, teams are struggling to, you know, in the dog days of summer. Pittsburgh, however, Pitt, this is the these are the first what uh, seven games I think of the Pittsburgh season at Memphis, home to Hartford, at Detroit, home to Loudon, at Tulsa, at Las Vegas, home to Atlanta United too. Those are all not losable games, all of them. Uh, I have them. I think I have them getting fifteen points out of that out of that stretch. Uh, I. Look, they could start on top of the East by uh, they could be three points or more ahead of the rest of the East if they if they perform the way they should through those first seven games, and then they go to Loose City, who will still be without uh, without Lancaster, and Loose City will be cut uh, that game in which uh, Pittsburgh go to uh, go to Louisville. That'll be Louisville's only home game and a five game stretch. So. Like it'll be like the adva- advantage Pittsburgh for sure. 
So <laughs> Pittsburgh could start this season off great, and then it's a man, then it's a matter of just not losing, right? Like, so the reason why I think that the, the my case for Pittsburgh is I think they can get to the top of the East early, and at that point, I think it's theirs to lose because the rest of the East is having either identity issues, personnel issues, or uh, scheduling uh, complications. The only team that I think might that uh, that could be a bit of a, a surprise, not a surprise, but Miami could be a lot better than I think. My if it's possible to if it's possible for the team that everybody thinks is going to be great to be even greater than we think they might be, it could be Miami. Uh, but I think I took Pittsburgh at twelve to one because I think it's the I think it's the best number you're going to get uh, during the season. I don't if if you're interested in betting Pittsburgh to win the USL finals, uh, I think you should do it now. I don't think Pittsburgh gets at worse odds than 12 to one where they are right now. I love it. This, this just backs up all my hot takes from our Tuesday night show where, uh, I was, uh, throwing some shade at, at like Tampa and Louisville saying that, you know, they ranked too high or it's taking the preseason ranks. They're not going to finish, you know, uh, as high as they're, they're ranked right now. I agreed with um, everybody that Memphis was the one that's ranked too high in the East. I, yeah, that I, one that one confused us. I I think I think Tulsa should do better than Memphis, and they're a little little bit behind them. Uh, Indy eleven, it'll really depend on if that coach can really. I mean, they have let's, let's be honest, they have an okay team, right? And uh, but that I mean, they're that coach coming out of El Paso. I can't I can never remember his name, but um, I mean, he's the real deal, right? If there's anybody that's going to make Indy eleven uh, surprise some people, I, I think it'll be him. I think Charlton's being a little slept on. I've seen the cases being made for Loudon. I just don't believe in Loudon as as a, in a club altogether. And I can go on that rant another day, but um, I think yeah. I, to reiterate, I think the East is Pittsburgh's to lose right now. Yeah, Charlton Miami notwithstanding. Charleston was definitely my sleeper on the uh, on the preseason the looks and the uh, the futures bet. I thought Charleston was I think fifty to one when that first came out. And that's that's fifty to one and dropped the sixty to one. Yeah, thank goodness I didn't bet it until I, until it hit sixty. Uh, I got limited for like twenty bucks of bets, so I'm not I'm not like sitting on a, on great bets here. But um, I was I'm upset that I didn't catch Indy sixty to one and open though. That was the worst line on the whole futures market when they when in the USL stuff opened. Now you referenced the the Tuesday show that we recorded. Yes, I know you listened to it. I you did. said you had some thoughts on on some of the questions I got thrown out there. I was not smart enough to to ask you before we recorded what those questions were. But if, if you would like to, to to give us your picks, we will add it to the list so we can shame you with the rest of us at the end of the season. Okay, I don't. I only have answers to a few of them. But, um, but yeah, that's yeah. all. Just the, okay. just all the ones you're going to get wrong. Uh, you meant. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned about uh, a seven-goal game. I agree that there's likely uh, Pittsburgh is likely not going to get a seven-goal game, but if they do, my guess is going to be against New York Red Bulls two in August. That's my guess on if if that happens. That's the team. That's the, um, so it won't happen. But if it did, yes. Yeah, so it, I, I I'm I'm saying it won't happen, but I think the saving grace on if I'm wrong, it will be. I'm I think it'll be in New York uh, Red Bulls too. I think dude, I think New York Red Bulls too are just they're gonna get smoked. I think by I think Las Vegas and Galaxy. Like I think they can score goals to make it look like it was a competitive game. I think New York Red Bulls too might just get smoked by anybody who's on the top half of the table. Uh, the other where to go. 
Uh, I have nine clean sheets on the season. Some of y'all are way too high on these clean sheets. I mean, Pittsburgh's thank you, thank you. Pittsburgh's defense is good, but there. I mean, <laughs> that's uh, that, yeah. I think again, you're underestimating. I think you may be underestimating how competitive some of these uh, uh, some of these teams could be. I have nine clean sheets. That's on the season, though. That's a regular season. I know you were including all competition, so that's where I differ. I only I did I did a quick count on what I thought in the regular season. Um, the bad beat. I think it'll be, if it happens, I think it'll actually be Atlanta in that stretch that I just talked about because I think, uh, well, depending on how we think, depending on how Lou City looks without Cameron Lancaster, I can see Pittsburgh looking ahead at, at Lou City, making sure they do compete in that game. And Atlanta, I think, might be disruptive to some, to some competitions. I can see a look-ahead spot against uh, before going on the road to uh, Louisville being a spot where Atlanta could uh, slip in and uh, and get a get what could be Pittsburgh's first loss of the season. But uh, even though I don't think they're going to, I think that's that's a bad beat opportunity uh, for. Um, and then you mentioned uh, the surprise road win. I think it's the following week to Louisville City. Even though uh, in my when I not it's not going to be a surprise to me because I've made the case that they're going to go in there they're going to win. But the surprise to like the like. It'll be those things that broadcasters talk about, like, oh, Pittsburgh going to Louisville City and, you know, win 3 0. You know, like, and it won't be a surprise to us, but I think as, um, as a, uh, as a com- USL community, I think people, uh, will view that as a, um, as a surprise win or the See, Miami, I, the Miami game in May. I didn't think the Louisville was going to count as a surprise win. Uh, they didn't play him in the regular season in 21, but they, the Hounds opened. Uh, Lynn Family Stadium with a win over Louisville in 2020 and beat them in the regular season at Louisville in 2019. I almost thought like the regular season win in Louisville is almost expected now. I wasn't taking that as, as a surprise. Well, now they win in, the, in Louisville in the playoffs and it's a shocker, but I, I looked I, I, I looked at it as perspective as like the common USL. Like if they looked at the score sheet, they'd be like, oh, Pittsburgh went into Louisville and, and, and won. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. but well, okay. Well then the, then my, my alternate answer is uh, Miami uh, and may, but uh, where's my others? Uh, the double, double who might have, uh, was it two uh, double, double digit assists and double digit uh, goals. It's Cicerone. Uh, how do you spell it? Is it Cicerone? Or Cicerone? How do you pronounce his name? Uh, Cicerone. I think some people have, is there an e? Is e at the end? Okay, you guys yeah, I, go, I go with though. the E, but I don't know if that's right. All right, I don't think anyone's ever actually asked him, or he's never actually he's never answered the question. All right, that gentleman. Um, look, he's his name is Russell. He had <laughs> okay, Russell. Uh, what he had sixteen goals and nine assists last year, right? Yes, Am I just, that yeah, just he and he really won the tenth. I know he he brought that up before. Right. So like, okay, now he has Dane Kelly to dump off when his when his runs aren't working, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think getting the 10 assists isn't going to be a problem. I don't see him slowing down on, on his own goal scoring. So uh, I think he's, I think he's a candidate. I think he's going to get the, the double, double there. And then um, uh, I don't remember what this was response. I don't remember what this was a response to. I mean, it was the, the underperformer in the East. I think it's going to be Tampa. Um, and then will the Hounds play a home playoff game? Of course I think so, because I think the East is theirs to lose. So yeah. Those are my those are my thoughts on your um, questions from Tuesday. I will I will be sure to add them to the list so we can review them once uh, <laughs> once we get to November. That'll be good. Now I know you you 
Uh, you are planning on making a trip to uh, to the four one two this year. Yes. Uh, you're gonna catch up a catch a Hounds game and have some other uh, have some other activities around around your podcast. You wanna wanna plug the pod and, and talk yeah. about what you're gonna do when you show up uh, when you show up to Pittsburgh. I. Uh, I was determined to get to Pittsburgh for a game last season. It didn't work out, uh, unfortunately. But um, every week I was like, can I get to Pittsburgh for a game this week? It just didn't work out. Uh, I'm determined to this year. I want to turn it into a little community meetup that we have in our little recreational gambling community uh, that you know a lot of my listeners at The Better Life and other people are a part of. And then, of course, I want to parlay it then into being able to, to go to a game May... 14 is the day I think I'm, I'm looking at. It's the week I, after. I, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the week after Mother's Day. I believe they play El Paso that night. I have this schedule yes. right in front of me. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I look, whenever I watch these games, if, if the tormented, I can't call myself a Loudon fan because I'm not really a fan. But like I go to these Loudon games where there's like 12 people in the stands and they're all related to someone on the field. And and I and I watch these other matches in New Mexico and in uh, in Tampa and in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, man, what an atmosphere that is. And then I go to Segra and I'm like. I go, I've been to little league matches that have more excitement than this. And so I yearn to be a part. Of, so I'm excited to go to Highmark. I'm excited to, uh, to see the river hounds play. I'm excited to do some, uh, to visit the local casinos there and rivers and meadows. Uh, and I'm hoping we, I'm hoping we get, uh, my goal is 20. My goal is that we have like the 20 or so people out to, to hang out at, at rivers and maybe a few of them will follow me over to, uh, to Highmark to watch the game. But, um, Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I've been to Pittsburgh one time and it was like an in and out. I went in there to do some work and I left like hours later. So um, I've never had a proper visit to, to Pittsburgh. Now the problem will be if, if you're doing rivers before, before the match, pulling you away from the casino uh, early enough to do a proper, a proper pregame, a proper tailgate. Is that going to be a, a big ask? Or, I mean, obviously if, if the table's hot and you're staying there, but, uh, <laughs> You know, if it if it's just your normal choppy uh, choppy dice table, we're gonna be able to get you over early. Uh, uh, have a couple of pops in the parking lot. Look, the birth of my first child will be the only thing to get me away from a hot table. Otherwise, I'm waiting until the table <laughs> until the table cools down before I leave it. Uh, but uh, any save a a hot table. Uh, I will definitely be at the at some pregame action. It's one of the things I miss about look DC United's new stadium. Audi Field's great. It has no pregame atmosphere. Nothing. And I, I and when DC United used to play at RFK, uh, the Redskins old stadium, uh, there used to be like you know every all of the supporter groups would have tailgates like you could just pay like 20 bucks for all you can eat and drink in their in their in their little area um and so dc area um uh pre-game um tailgates and stuff like that have just they've they've all but gone away uh because of the the new buildup in southeast dc and stuff so and then of course loud doesn't really have anything i mean goodness i mean you, the, the the best tailgating i've been at a loud game is when i hung out with the with the steel army before the uh <laughs> before that game but that was that was in a downpour i believe uh yes there was uh well it was it was th- thunder and lightning with a little bit it, it was the lightning that was the problem there oh, was a, it there was a, much yeah so there was a yeah there was a little bit of rain i think i mean i was sitting in my car while, while that was happening but 
Um, other than like five minutes of a downpour, the rest of it was like they were just waiting for there to be no landing in the area. But, um, but yes, I'm looking forward to some pre-gaming at a at a Hounds game. So, uh, speaking of of the podcast, give us the little plug. What the, if people want to hear more of your of your of your beautiful little voice there, they're gonna find you on the Better Life. Yeah. What the what's the what's the podcast entail, and then how can they find you? Yeah, so the, the Better Life has been around, I think, for uh, goodness, I think I think it launched in 2018. So uh, going into a fourth year here, um, it's uh, it's a podcast for recreational gamblers, uh, sports betters, casino gamers alike. And you know, I typically will talk to a gambler about who they are as a gambler, like how they you know their uh, first exposure to gambling how they became a gambler as an adult what they like doing now if they're if they have a particular angle that they enjoy we'll we'll talk more into that we also talk about trips to Vegas Biloxi Atlantic City talk to professionals about the way that they bet and and try to glean some uh some information and knowledge on them and overall just sort of embrace ourselves as gamblers like the like the this the whole point of the podcast was it was inspired my my realization that I'm not alone in being a gambler and it's this thing that like very that many of us sort of don't talk about until like we're around other gamblers and like how often are you around other gamblers when other when you're at a casino and around people you don't know right you're not going to turn around and be like hey you're also a gambler let's talk about it uh so it was nice to sort of come into this into this community that had already existed before me and and partake in it and and sort of being this community of gamblers where we can all enjoy each other's company and uh, all enjoy this, this hobby that we have. And it's a hobby the same way that, you know, anybody else has, has a hobby. We just happen to uh, possibly win or lose money with it. Um, but it's, um, it's, it's become almost more social than, than anything. Uh, and uh, if, if people have not hated, if, if they've made it this far, you know, Dan, I think if they've made it this far in the podcast, maybe they should give it a, maybe they should give it a shot. If my voice hasn't, uh, hasn't scared them off for my monologues. Uh, I think it's only been 65 minutes. I, yeah, I would hope they're well, Dan, they're, you they're more than anybody it. knows that I'm good for a long podcast. I think, uh, you, you knew what to expect. I don't know why, I don't know why you thought no, this was going to go under 60 minutes. I don't know why you thought I, me saying 65 minutes was a problem. Oh, okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Very good. I've definitely been on people's podcasts. They're like, Oh man, we've already hit the hour mark. And I'm like, yeah, duh. <laughs> course we have yeah it happens when it's good good conversations worth uh it's worth having uh bestie any any final thoughts any any questions before we uh we do the the, the, the question after we have to do on tuesday oh crap uh no uh i'm good well with that said then let's let's go into uh the final uh the final part of the, of the show what did we learn tonight uh tim what what did we learn tonight tim Oh, what did we learn tonight? Um, I, I learned that I've, I learned, I've learned that trying to describe soccer betting in a matter of um, just a, you know, 20, 30 minutes is a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I hope that people got something from that. If they were completely new to soccer betting, I hope something either made sense or inspired something in them. Um, I've learned that, um, uh, I think, you know, since I've been doing most of the talking, I'm not sure of, of what I've learned other than I'm really good at talking for long periods of time, but I'm not sure if that's a, a you've known a, that. You've known that yeah, long. I've known that. So I can't say I've really, uh, I've really learned that. Um, no, that's it. I think I've, I've learned that, that trying to talk about soccer uh, or trying to talk about betting soccer 
quickly and uh, with 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 this with um, precise information, uh, so it's easier to digest. It's a lot more difficult, even though I've even though I've uh, prepared for something like this, uh, a little more difficult. Can I can I say? Am I allowed to say which sides I like? I feel like. Um, oh, you you want to give picks? Well, I, I wasn't going to I was going to approach it, but if you're if you're if you're willing to, to lay it out there, let's. Yeah. What, well, you're talking your your week one. Yeah. Selections? Yeah. Let's. I feel like I, I feel like I should. Um, All right, and, do it then. Yeah. Uh, and not so much. These are like, like, Hey, go out there and bet these. I'm going to tell you what's in my account and what I plan on betting. Everybody well, should do their own thing. So give it, give us, give us what you took. And then if you could, if, if you feel careful, give us a little justification, a little rationale. Why do you yeah, think yeah. this was a, a good selection? Okay. Um, I took uh, Pittsburgh plus 180. I just think the wrong team's favorite there. Um, at the very least, it should be a little bit more even, uh, but Pittsburgh's a slight dog here. Uh, so at plus 180, you're getting a dollar and 80 cents for every dollar you wager. Uh, sh- uh, should Pittsburgh prevail and win again? If it's a draw, that would be a loss because you can bet the draw individually um, on these three way lines. So I took Pittsburgh plus 180. Uh, I took uh, Detroit City plus 750 because I think there's a chance that uh, there's some unknowns there with Detroit City. And San Antonio, I think, um, you know, I think they've had enough changes that we don't, even though they've had quality updates to their squad, I think there's enough change there that we don't know exactly how it's going to shake out. And there's not a lot of familiarity between San Antonio and Detroit. So give me the puncher's chance with Detroit City. Uh, at 750, you can even find that higher at, uh, at other books, but that's the, that's the number I got it at. Um, and then I am, I haven't bet it yet. Oh, I took Oakland, uh, plus 250. Uh, I think Oakland will continue to be the team they were last season, largely where, um, you know, not being able to score a goal in like the first half of the season, uh, hopefully is not what they continue to do, but I think they continue to show glimpses of brilliance, uh, against teams that maybe, um, but really against anybody. And I don't think RGV should be as big of a favorite as they are here. Uh, so I took uh, the roots plus 250 um, there. I am anticipating and the lines are not, are not out yet, but I am anticipating on taking the over in the Miami game. I think Miami could score at least three on their own in that game. And I think New York may even be good for their, uh, for their own goal. Well, maybe, uh, but I think that, I think Miami gets three on their own. So if that's anywhere uh, south of three, I'm definitely taking the over there. Um, and then both teams will score in the Orange County, Colorado switchbacks game. Um, those are the bets that I have not been able to get a chance to make yet. I don't think I need to make a case for the OC Colorado, both teams to score uh, that I think um, uh, I would hope, you know, the fact that Barry and Damus will be playing in the same game is enough, uh, enough reasoning for that. But again, we'll see. Uh, but th- that's what I like. That's what I like. What do you, what, what do you think, Dan? I'm just surprised you're you're committing to to a, a wager before you actually see the line. I'm I'm a little surprised by that. Well, okay. Well, let me say if it's if the both teams to score is minus one fifty or better, that's why I'm taking the both teams to score uh, on that. I'm not betting it. I should make it clear. I'm not betting it blindly. Uh, but if it's minus one fifty, which is sixty percent, I think that there's at least a seventy percent chance that both teams get a goal here uh, with that with both of those squads. So um, I will take the uh, minus one fifty or better. And then, like I said, in the Miami game. I think there's at least three goals scored just on the Miami side. So anything, anything, if the goal, if the game total is anywhere south, or anywhere less than three, I'll take the over. If it's right on three, I'll probably, I'll probably, uh, 
probably sit it out. It should be three. That's what I'm trying to say. If the bookmakers are smart, it should be three. But if the if if it's anywhere less than that, I'm taking the over. Well, if there's a if there's a a, a bet in there that that you're, you're kind of talking into, it's that roots one. That was a game I was going to stay away from, but now you're 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 making it sound a little spicy, a little a little tree. I mean, it's, 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 look, I know RGV showed they, they had a really interesting end of that end of that season. For a lot of part of last year, they were just they were sort of this competitive team that kind of stuck around, but they also let the other teams stick around. And uh, this Oakland Roots team upset El Paso to advance in the the, the playoffs. They upset Phoenix um, in the right spot. I mean, this this team has shown that they can hold strong against good teams, and I don't think RGV is a good team. So. Um, yeah, I think I think the team that's going to take the biggest regression of the year. The league. You think so? I think yeah. I think the, the biggest step back. By the way, something we don't, sure. something we don't talk about that often. So one thing I tried tracking last year was rest teams that are on certain types of rest, and in my small sample size of like half a seat, half to a little more than half of a season last year, I couldn't find any correlation between team performance and and in congestion of games. Um, I could have been doing it. I could have been evaluating it wrong. I could have been, you know, could too small of a sample size for sure, but like RGV's way at the South of Texas. I mean, I think one thing like, they, like their travel has to be gruesome when they go places. They, there's no way they have directs anywhere. Right. Like that's something I feel I, like we don't, we don't talk don't much. Heard, about. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the flight patterns out of Rio Grande Valley international are. The whole West, I mean, it looks like just travel on the West itself has got to be rough. Yeah, but at least like on the West Coast, right, you can go up and down the West Coast and in and out of like Colorado, New Mexico. The California but like, teams are all kind of bunched together except for Monterey. Yeah, but Right. I, mean, I, I just I mean, man, RGV, I feel like, I mean, look, I, I don't want to do anything after flights that are probably as long as they have to take and they have to go play a soccer match. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. Anyways, I digress. Well, Cal, Vesti, uh, is there uh, anything you've learned from 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 this evening from the uh, from the little conversation we've had here? Uh, for once, I actually remembered something. Um, the um, implied odds, you know, I, I think instinctually you look at lines and you know you see who the dog and uh, who's the favorite and the, the the distance between the two, and you kind of you know get a sense of what it is. But I never really thought about it in actual hard numbers that that you know this this line implies like a fifty percent or sixty percent chance to to hit. Um, so that's definitely something uh, I learned, and I will think about when I'm losing money this year. Sly sm- smile from Tim is uh, as he feels <laughs> like he he learned someone up a little bit here in the last hour. I like it. It's a hu- I mean, it's it, it that was a huge step in 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 my betting too was learning implied probability and how what how those odds uh, represent that. Uh, what I learned in the past, or no offense to you, Tim. Um, I did learn things from you. The thing that I learned most is to not start a podcast with your iPad at 7%. So you, have to <laughs> run half, so you don't have to run halfway through and try to find your charger while your guest is giving a, a lengthy answer. Uh, so that's what I learned tonight. Uh, and I will I will try to not let that happen the next time you come on the podcast because, Tim, you are going to come back on this podcast. Yes. Do a, little, a little mid-season uh, catch-up and see uh, what, what trends are working, what trends are not working. I uh yes, I look forward to that. I I I am 
I cannot wait. Uh, look, if you're if you're someone who just wants to bet a little bit and take advantage of the promos on DraftKings and FanDuel and stuff like that, just have fun. If you at, at all want to take this at all a little bit seriously or just curious, I recommend tracking your betting um, to not only see how well you're doing, uh, you know, financially or in wins and losses, but also see like what markets you're doing better in and, and stuff like that. And that's uh, I look I look forward to the midseason review on that type of stuff. So if you're trying to find Tim, they are the, the, the Twitter handles are at the better life, B E T T O R. And the, at the best, the USL, it is bet the USL, bet the USL. So there's yes. two ways. Uh, the better life is mostly about the, the podcast, the, the bet at the best USL is going to be, uh, I mean, you're putting, you're putting picks up there every, every couple of days. So yeah, you're giving bet- a little information and you're giving picks. Yeah, it's called Bet the USL because the USL is like my my passion when it comes to uh, my soccer fandom and betting, uh, where those two things intersect. But uh, I talk about a lot of um, any different leagues, and it's pretty. It's pretty. I created the account because not not a lot of my fans and followers on the bet at the Better Life really care about soccer, and so I wanted there to be. I, I didn't want to have to limit or throttle how much I was talking about it on on the Better Life feed, so. I just created this one so I could just do it as much as I feel like it. And with that, we are, uh, we are now well under 48 hours to the first kickoff of the year. Take what you've learned, apply it to, uh, apply it to your, your apps and, and, and go forth and prosper. Uh, you're getting this in your feed on Friday. If you, uh, if you have your feed up to date, uh, I will be back with yak on Saturday Friday night slash Saturday morning for a, a quick uh, half hour or so preview uh, that you can just do in the car while you go to your St. Patrick's Day celebration that will act as your pregame for the, the season opener for the Hounds at Memphis. Uh, with that said, uh, if uh, unless uh, our guest or bestie want to have any, any final thoughts, uh, we'll take this bad boy home. And they're all looking at me like it's time to take this bad boy home. So we'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put that podcast in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to Nick dot noble at mail dot wvu dot edu thank you for listening and we'll be back again soon